co-author of The MVP Machine with Ben Lindbergh, How Baseball's New Nonconformists Are Using Data to Build Better Players. Travis, the former beat writer of the Pirates, what, for about three, four years uh, for the Tribune Review? Travis, good evening. How long was your stint here in the Berg? Four years, I think, 13 through 16. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fond memories, a lot of fond experiences, and it's, it's good to be back on the Pittsburgh airwaves. And you had an opportunity to chronicle, really, perhaps one of the most historic seasons in Pittsburgh sports, not just the Pirates, with your first book, Big Data Baseball, and how the Pirates went about ending, as a small market team, 20 consecutive losing seasons. And they did it really in a fascinating way. And your first book that you wrote chronicled all of that, Travis. However, and I was telling listeners before I got on the air, that seems like a generation ago. And not that I would ever urge anybody to throw that book away because it's a great read, one of the more fascinating reads about baseball that I honestly have ever read, Travis. It's probably somewhat antiquated, at least the mindset behind that, is it not? Yeah, I, I hate to say that about my own book, but the game has changed so much in the last five, six years. And, uh, you know, the Pirates were one of the more uh, analytically driven, smarter teams in 13 and 14 and 15. But, you know, since that time, we've seen new technology come on board, we've seen new ideas filter in the game. And if you're not staying on top of those things, if you're not willing to change and ask questions and challenge people within your own organization, it was really easy to fall behind. And I think we've seen some clubs like the Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays really embrace the new tech, the ideas, and be willing to change within their organization. And I think we've not been seeing other other organizations do the same thing. We've seen the separation in uh, not so much what happens at the major league level in talent acquisition, because everyone has kind of a money ball mindset when it comes to evaluating players. Every team values on-base percentage. Every team values major league talent pretty much the same ways. But where we're seeing a huge gap is in player development. And how are you adding skill to players? How are you improving players? What are you teaching? That's where we're seeing the great divide today. Yeah, again, uh, market inefficiencies and player acquisition, one thing, player development is uh, another. Because, again, and this was a great quote, and this is from an unnamed source in the book, uh, I think it was an MLB scout, if you're a moneyball team right now, you're getting your ass handed to you. Just to give you an idea that <laughs> that's what it's not about anymore at all, because there's been a bunch of investment in front offices and uh, quantitative analysts, as you call them, quants in this book, and I guess for lack of a better term, and not to insult anybody, the nerds in the basement of a ballpark. A lot of teams have a lot of them, and they're paying them a, a pretty hefty penny. Yeah, I mean, look, those guys are so important. You still have to have them. The predictive models still mean something. Uh, it's still important to understand what's important on the baseball field. But every team has these guys. So, you know, for the Pirates to go out and think they're going to uh, – get an advantage in a trade is more unlikely than it was or find an undervalued free agent signing is more unlikely than it was five years ago. Russell Martin, when the Pirates signed him after the 2012 season, uh, most of baseball was not appreciating pitch framing and the value that Martin had there. The Pirates decided to take a chance on that. Uh, now everyone is valuing pitch framing. And as we saw, Russell Martin, a couple years after they signed him, was much more valuable when he re-entered the free agent market than some of the Blue Jays. So that's an example of how everyone has embraced the Moneyball mindset. Uh, I mean, that book was published 15, 16 years ago. 
Uh, so everyone's caught up to that. It's this next generation of information, data, new ideas that are in the game that is creating a new uh, arms race, for lack of a better term, and that's where teams are creating an advantage. Yeah, and I, I would like to think that because, uh, you know, everybody's hip to it, that Travis, uh, still the, the large market teams have uh, perhaps a bigger advantage than small market teams. Are you finding it in that aspect as well? Whereas it was the small market teams kind of undercutting the big market teams and, you know, with a payroll of $60 million being able to outwit, outsmart, and, you know, have better seasons than, than the $200 million payroll clubs. Yeah, I mean, once the Boston Red Sox start operating like the Oakland A's, then your advantage as a small market team is gone from, from Moneyball principles. But where you can create an advantage, and where the Astros and the Rays have done this, is, uh, you know, again, player development. And, you know, we've seen, everyone's aware of the Chris Archer trade. You look what the Rays did with Glass now and uh, Meadows and Shane Boz, the minor league level. You have to wonder why were the Pirates not able to do these things with these players. And a lot of times in the MLB draft, when we look at a prospect failing, we blame the scouts. We blame the person in the draft room selecting them. But what if it is not so much the raw talent that's to blame? What if it's the people, the coaches, the player development staff that have not gotten the most out of this talent, the coaches? Uh, you know, with Garrett Cole, I, we can go really deep into this if you want. But, yeah. I mean, why were why why were the Pirates not telling him what to do what the Astros have told him to do? Why did this strikeout rate explode when he went to the Astros? His swing and miss on fastballs skyrocketed. And it wasn't like... This was a multi-year project. As soon as Cole began pitching for the Astros, he became better immediately. Same thing with Justin Verlander after he left the Tigers. Same thing with Ryan Presley after he lost, left the Twins and went to the Astros. Why are some teams getting more out of other teams' players? Uh, there's a huge – I mean, you think about the value there. If you can take someone else's players and make them better, uh, that's free money for teams. And the teams that are doing that have a huge edge today. Yeah, and which the Pirates did back in the day, but things have shifted. Let's talk about Cole here for a moment. Why did he have such success under a new philosophy, which seems to be taking hold in the game with a number of other teams? What 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 is what is what did what did he do? Can you explain that to listeners? Yeah. I yeah, and Cole is part of the book, uh, and I, I spoke with him last year about this and. You know, he didn't throw the Pirates under the bus, but he did say, you know, when he came over to the Astros, they had, uh, he had the best meeting with front office and coaches, coaching staff he's ever had. They showed him video of pitches he thought he should throw more and where he should throw them. He showed them the data, and it was all very digestible. It made sense in a way that he'd never been exposed to. Uh, and he got away from, they told him to get rid of his two-seamer, which the Pirates had wanted him to throw. The Pirates wanted everyone to throw a two-seamer. And they told him to put that aside, throw your four-seamer up, throw your breaking balls more in this location, and voila, you have a much a much better player. And I think part of the Astros' success is that they are very individualized when it comes to player development. They look at what each player does well, and they implement a plan to get the most out of that skill set, where I do think... The pirate, and this was part of Big Data Baseball. In the first book, the Pirates did have success in getting. They set those record ground ball rates, and they had those ground balls hit into a shift, and they wanted more and more pitchers to throw two seamers. But the issue with that is not every player, not every pitcher is you know meant to throw a two seamer. That's not how they maximize their gifts. And I, I do think the Pirates fell victim to 
kind of putting some square pegs and round holes where the Astros and the Rays are the opposite of that. They want to, they're very individualized with programs and that sort of thing. And there's also some speculation that maybe Garakol is applying sticky substances to the ball <laughs> and increasing the spin rate. That's a whole other subject. But the Astros undoubtedly got more, they better individualized the plan for him to, to get more out of his skill set than yeah, I think that should raise a lot of questions. Why did this happen to Garrett Cole? Charlie Morton, why was he better after he left? Why has Shane Boz been better after he's left, even in the lower minor minor league levels? Uh, why is Chris Archer getting worse? I mean, these are big questions to ponder, and the answers are pretty important. Travis Sacek, uh, formerly the Pirates beat writer, uh, he was the author, is the author of Big Data Baseball. He chronicled the 2013 uh, Pirates season with that great book and how the Bucks were able to gain strategic advantages with their philosophy there. He's the co-author uh, with Ben Lindbergh uh, of The MVP Machine, how baseball's new nonconformists are using data to build better players. All right, we've talked about, uh, and I want to get to Morton here uh, in, in a second, but uh, this is about also being able to... <laughs> draft and develop your own impact players, which the Astros have done a terrific job of doing, which the Cubs have done a terrific job of doing. You look at what the Pirates have right now, they have had some success stories, especially on this roster, that are helping them, uh, though not win games, but as it pertains to pitchers, that's always been, for whatever reason, a, a bit of a struggle. Garrett Cole, you could consider a success story. He won 19 games here in Pittsburgh. Jameson Tyone has been injury prone, but outside of that, Travis, there haven't been many franchise-defining pitchers or ones that have come up here to be extremely impactful to help a small market team win, which, as you know, are, are so vital to a small market's success. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at this before I came on with you, and uh, I wrote about this back when I was a beat writer covering the Pirates, and they made a, uh, you know, we all... <laughs> There's been a lot of people who criticize Pirates' ownership for their spending limitations and everything. But when you look at those 09 to 13, those era drafts, the Pirates spent a record amount of money on signing bonuses in those draft classes. They tried to get the best amateur talent. And if you look at those 2009, 2010, 2011 draft classes, they made a historic commitment to pitching. They had 30 picks across those three years in the top 10 rounds. I think 22 of them were pitchers, 17 were high school pitchers, and I know the folks at Baseball America had never seen such a commitment to pitching, especially when you factor in the signing bonuses they were giving. They spent something like $26 million on pitchers in those drafts, and really all they have left to show for that is Tyone, who's hurt, and uh, I think Clay Holmes, and that's that's it, uh, after Kingham was DFA'd, and that's not what you want, and was that because they were drafting the wrong guys, or is that because they weren't developing them? And uh, I don't know. I think it's more of a developmental, developmental issue when you look at what Cole does when he leaves, and you look at what Glasnow does when he leaves, and you look at what Morton does when he leaves, and who knows what Kingham will do when he leaves. And it's a lifeblood of a small market team. You have to develop your own. You have to draft and develop your own pitching. And too often we get focused on the draft, the draft aspect. Oh, this guy failed. He was a bust because he was destined to be poor. What we argue in the book is actually it's much more about how does he develop his own talents? How do coaches develop them? How do they use technology? Uh, and just as an example for how the separation between teams and the development factor, going back to the Astros, uh, there's a high-speed camera that's coming to the game in recent years called the Edutronic, and for the first time it shows 
pictures exactly how uh, the resolution is so good. If there's so many frames per second, it can show a picture exactly how a ball leaves their hand when they throw it in a bullpen session or a game. Uh, it shows exactly how their fingertips impart spin, how it tilts the axis to create a curveball, slide, or fastball. The Astros last year had 75 of these cameras hard-mounted in every stadium in their organization, from the majors down to you know rookie league and foreign rookie league. Most teams were experimenting with their first Edutronic camera in spring training camps this year. So it shows you the data advantage just then in uh, video and photography the Astros had, and they showed Verlander his best slider grips when they acquired him. They undoubtedly did the same thing with Gary Cole, Charlie Morton. They showed those pitchers how they release their best pitches. So when they go to throw their bullpens, when they go to practice, you can see how you're releasing the ball, and then there's the Rapsodo in the track van that show you the corresponding spin rate, spin axes. It shows you how to practice and train better. You're not going out, you're not feeling, you're not searching in practice. There's data, there's science backing it up. So it allows for fewer reps, smarter practice, and that's what we're seeing the best teams doing. The best development approaches in the game are, are doing this. Uh, and the Astros also fired all their pitching coaches a few years ago. They wanted everyone to get on board with new age thinking, this tech, and if you weren't on board, you were gone. And I think what we see in too many pro organizations, there's too much loyalty, there's too much People are too afraid to hurt feelings. They, or the Astros don't care about any of that. They want people who are going to get on board with the plan and the new ideas. And uh, that's they're a great example of uh, optimum player development. And we argue it's the most powerful thing in baseball right now. Yeah, and and I could say as we have Travis Sawcheck, the MVP machine, haven't been in the Pirates minor league organization. Uh, this is something that they did. I remember they cleaned house and they did have individualized plans. For for players back then, and some of, I guess, the the crux of what you're discussing here, but that was in 2008-2009, so whatever they instilled then, it's probably suffice to say, Travis, that that is probably antiquated, and they they do need to hit the reset button on it because of the clear lack of results that that exist. Uh, We're talking to Travis Sacek, MVP Machine co-author, along with uh, Ben Lindbergh here on the NASCAR Roofing Preview Show. As we get to the heart of the matter, uh, brought to you by Washington Health System. What else are the the successful organizations doing outside of the technology and and the, the science aspect of it? Is there anything that the Twins are doing particularly well that has led to their success this year? The Rays, obviously, yeah, I, are, are doing terrific work. Yeah. Uh, I would say one interesting thing that's come about is who is being hired to fill these roles. When you look at uh, the Twins' new pitching coach, coach, Wes Johnson, he came straight from the college ranks at Arkansas to the Major League bench this year as a Twins pitching coach. And that is a that college to Major League jump by a coach had not been done in 40 years. Uh, we're seeing a lot of... And, it, it used to be that you had to play pro baseball to be a coach in pro baseball. Now we're seeing that that's not the case. If you have the best ideas, it doesn't matter where you come from. You could be a driveline baseball employee out in Seattle working in an independent facility and get hired by a major league team. You can be a college coach and get hired by a major league team. The Twins also hired uh, Tanner Swanson to be their catching coordinator at a University of Washington because Derek Falvey, the Twins GM, liked how he taught framing. Uh, and the Twins are seeing results there. So it's about what you know. It's not about, where you know, are you a former pro player? And to give the players some credit, I think uh, Eckstein, the new hitting coach, the last two years has done some really good things. You look at Josh Bell. They worked on contact point, 
swing plane, and I think that has played a role in his breakout rather than the gun against, you know, the Pirates are finally going against traditional teaching methods of hit low line drive, use the big part of the ballpark. Now it's, no, to optimize your power to get the best results, it's about contacting the ball further out in front, not letting it travel, getting the ball in the air to your pull side. And, you know, Bell's had a great year. We're seeing those gifts. Bell is a great example of drafting a high-caliber athlete and now having the right player development tools and messages in place to get more out of them. Uh, and that's what it takes to, in today's game to compete against the teams that are best doing this. Look, the, the Dodgers are going all in the, on this. The Yankees are going all in, in on this. So it's not going to be a small market edge. You have to be willing to invest in the high tech, cam- the high speed cameras, the wrap soda devices. Uh, I was just at Double A Akron last week to do a story, and you know the Phillies travel with wrap soda devices and eight cameras they set up before every game to monitor to get as much information they can on all their minor league players. And if you're not doing this, you're falling behind as an individual player and as a pro organization. Travis Sachek, former Pirates beat writer, now author of The MVP Machine. Uh, basically, we're talking about player development and how teams that have had recent success uh, are doing it. Having said all of this, and for those that have been with us the, the entire interview, it sounds like the, the train is moving so fast, Travis, that as soon as an organization tries to get on board, the, the industry or the competitive advantage will have zagged when everybody else is zigging. Do you see it that way? And is there, I guess, a, a blueprint? Because it, it almost seems as if it's the, the wild, wild west, that everybody's just throwing up a bunch of stuff uh, and trying these different things. And if it sticks, those are the ones that are getting the competitive <laughs> advantage. Yeah. Uh, I think there's still uncertainty how to best like train velocity Weighted ball programs, are those right for everyone? Are they only right for certain pitchers? Uh, we certainly, as we research a book, there are certainly cases where you could train velocity and improve velocity, but it might not be right for everyone. But I think what is right for everyone, what uniformly should be to, uh, adopted across baseball, is uh, pitch design. Uh, like with Trevor Bauer, he's a big part of the book, and he basically invented modern pitches on with his dad where they were the first people five years ago to buy an edutronic camera, uh, pair it with rap Soto and in the off season, go to driveline or uh, wherever he was working out. And they would monitor every pitch he threw. They would see every subtle adjustment he made to his wrist position or, or grip. And they would see how that affected spin rate, spin access and pitch movement. And he created a plus slider from scratch last, last off season. Well, Adam Montevino, uh, became familiar with his story. And Adovino, who, is, who lives in New York City in the offseason, his father-in-law had a vacant, narrow storefront in Manhattan. He let him create a, kind of a driveline style bolt in there, brought in the Edutronic, brought in the Rapsodo, created a, a new cutter, and he had that breakout year last year after a port, uh 2017. So we are seeing more and more pitch design success stories. And I think every pro team should have at the very least, kind of a pitch design lab and their spring training off-season facility where they can work with pitchers to add a new breaking ball, to improve a breaking ball. Uh, you know, college teams are doing this. North Carolina, Missouri, Iowa, they were ahead of pro teams, a lot of them, <laughs> doing this. And, yeah, I mean, how much yeah. more valuable can every pitcher be if they add a, a quality pitch? So I think that and the swing plane stuff, contact point stuff, every team should be adopting some of these uh, philosophies because you get more out of your players. 
Fascinating stuff from Travis Sacek. Uh, we could discuss this uh, uh, for, for a lot while longer, I'll tell you what, but uh, I'm sure a lot of this is chronicled, uh, Travis, in the MVP machine, the new book. It's uh, on shelves now. I went to Barnes & Noble, South Hills Village. I got mine yesterday. I popped it open, and I can't wait to finish it. Uh, along with Ben Lindbergh, you guys uh, clearly, I can tell, have done a great job. You've got all sorts of endorsements. Ken Rosenthal, Bill Simmons, uh, Nate Silver, the uh, founder and editor-in-chief of, of 538 uh, good stuff. Uh, congratulations on the book, and uh, of course, give Travis a follow. And hey, uh, don't make yourself a stranger here. Get back, get back to Pittsburgh every once in a while, will you? <laughs> I was there earlier this year, but next time I will make sure to say hello to you, Dan. And thank you so much. Or we could just great, get you on the show. Great to be back on the Pittsburgh airwaves. This is great. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's Travis Sachek, the uh, former Pirates beat writer of the Tribune Review, now an author two times over. He wrote Big Data Baseball. Uh, five years ago, and he uh, joins us now as the co-author of the MVP Machine.